same old trouble Villains always knocking at the door Pretty pictures on the page But nothing ever stays the same Thank you, Vandello, and welcome once again to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fury. And with me, as always, is my, uh, well, my Mordo. Let's go with the obvious okay. one. Uh, but, and I've waited a long time to say this, and spoilers for the comic, my capitalism, which is the true villain. I'm <laughs> <laughs> capitalism. Wow. It's fair. Well, at least you didn't say I was your iron fist. <laughs> oh, with us, not, not for many, many years. We've not gotten that desperate. Wow. Oh. <laughs> and with us, as always, the lovely and talented, the Baroness, uh, our night nurse. I, I don't know how much longer that this keeps up, but yes, there I am. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, my pleasure today is to introduce a dear friend of mine. Very old friend. Very old friend of mine. My very first game master, um, who was actually my introduction to comics. This is the man you talked about at, at, in our very... Uh, in our second episode, yes. Jessica Jones, when you talked about who gave you Sandman yep. in the original yes. issues. Yes, this man gave me, and this speaks highly of our relationship. He gave me his long boxes with the individual bagged and boarded issues of Sandman to read. He trusted me wow. with this. And I appreciate it. I think I, I think I originally did that with Transmit with you, but I sat in the room and stared at you. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to welcome Rex Balboa to the show. Rex, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, quite honestly, I, it's going to be hard to respond to any of that. <laughs> but, but I also think it's important and might be overlooked in the annals of history that I am also responsible for giving you the nickname Baronessa. That's true. That's <laughs> really? true. Oh my God. That is so true. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Rex, um, it's about fucking time you were on the goddamn show. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm really, actually, I'm really, really excited to be here. Um, a, a project that I've been working on, Baby Got Back Issues, which I would say go and look at the, go and look if you can find our site and listen to those casts is great. Uh, but we're on a, a an open-ended hiatus right now. So this is just a wonderful opportunity to get on board uh, with y'all. And wow, I had never read this story. So I really appreciate being introduced to, to new cool things. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into uh, doing Doctor Strange today, Rex, it is the first time you've been on a graphically novel production. So we ask our, our first time guests to give us a little background into your history with comic books. Um, my first comic that I remember having was Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes 199. Uh, and that would have been from the early 70s. The first comic I remember collecting was Micronauts number one. And at the time, I received a paper catalog from Mile High Comics out of Denver. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would have to go get the money order, fill out the <laughs> order form, send in with my self-addressed stamped envelope, uh, and hope that they would still have it in time for it to come uh, to, in time to deliver to me. Oh, my God. Uh, Did you also get so sea monkeys that way? I <laughs> 
I was never a big fan of sea monkeys, but man, I had a lot of those green army men that were always nice. on the back. And I did get a pair of x-ray specs once. I don't think I've ever admitted that out loud. <laughs> and no, they did not Stare work. The hand. No, no, they, no. Sadly, so no. I've been collecting comics in earnest since I was about 12. Uh, my current collection runs about 200 books shy of 10,000 comics right now. Wow. I was a teenage Marvel zombie, I <laughs> confess. Uh, however, most of my collection, about two-thirds of my collection, is DC Comics. Uh, I happened to get onto DC at a very uh, good time in their existence in the mid-90s as they were doing great books like Swamp Thing, yeah. uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. They were supporting Sandman and the entire Vertigo imprint. Throughout my Undergrad and college, uh, I worked at, I worked and managed local comic book shops. And ever since then, it's just been, you know, keeping up and keeping up on what is good. Not always what is popular. So I try to find what's good. What's something right now that you would tell people you may not know about this, but man, check it out. You know what? I got to say, if you're not reading Nightwing, right now it is probably the best superhero book out there it really uh captures a positive spirit uh of a detective and somebody who really wants to make the world better the art is very clean uh the storytelling is upbeat and positive while dealing with with pretty serious issues so nightwing would definitely be one that i'm look that i would suggest that's a regular ongoing from dc right now start at about issue 71 similarly supergirl world of tomorrow is a mini series coming out of dc which a lot like nightwing really defines the character of supergirl as positive as working the problem and I can't tell you, but this whole thing is so beautifully rendered. It is just gorgeous to look at. Uh, it's written by Tom King, and I'm forgetting the artist right now, but it's just a fantastic book. And it's a contained story. It's got about two issues left. My uh, my co-host of Rec Conversations, Leia Cameron, uh, turned me on to Mr. Tom King recently. And we did uh, we did Mr. Miracle which was an amazing storyline that I had never even heard of. And it was heartbreakingly gorgeous and silly. And we did it actually, we, uh, we ex- read conversations, we explained a storyline. We explained it all to J.R. Achillean <laughs> Green, uh, who by the end is like, okay, this is in my shopping cart because I have a pretty good idea that you guys only scratched the surface by explaining everything only scratch the surface of really what I'm going to pull out of this book. And I'm like, yes. And from what I've seen, that is just Tom King. Uh, Vision is going to be another one. His run of Vision is another one that I've got on my my docket to read. Uh, Absolutely. One of my new favorite authors right now is Tom King. Well, and he brings such a, a, an interesting perspective. I, I mean, Tom King is an, I don't know if you knew this, he's an ex-government agent. He was an analyst for the CIA. I did not uh, know that. By, to my knowledge. And the first book that he wrote for DC was Grayson, which took, you know, uh, Dick Grayson and kind of placed him in more of a spy setting. 
And he applies that to practically everything that he writes, that knowledge and understanding of how people function. So you look at vision and how that breaks down. What does it mean to be a family? What does mortality mean? All of those kind of deep things. You look at the trauma of Mr. Miracle. Yeah. And then I would also say, if you haven't taken a look at it, Strange Adventures, which he just finished. Another fascinating look at how war affects trauma. Okay. Uh, he just started Human Target, which has just been a delight. Uh, the only thing that I would say, put it to the bottom of the pile, would be Heroes in Crisis, which sounds like such a good idea on the surface, but they just can't, they just could not pull it off effectively. Good to know. Okay. Uh, so you are here today to discuss, we go from from discussing Tom King to Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, so we will be discussing uh, Dr. Strange. And, and for today, we did uh, The Oath, which was um, a, a storyline out of 2007. So this is a full nine years before the Dr. Strange movie. But man, the fingerprints were all over the movie from the specifically this comic this was a a retelling of kind of dr strange's origins not a full retcon just a a kind of collection of everything um but first time reading it uh you know i think all four of us first time reading it uh rex what did you think you know what i have dr strange has always had a very special place in my heart and he is one of those characters that really deserves good storytelling, but has never actually really gotten it uh, until I read something like this. Mm -hmm. um, this book captures all of the characterizations of, of, the of the Doctor Strange. You get that sense of his history, his arrogance, his, um, his almost like absent-minded professor behavior. Yes. Uh, in all of this. And it's a, a solid story. I, I, I loved it right up until the last panel, which I absolutely hated. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just leave <laughs> that out there as a cliffhanger then. So you liked 159 pages, but didn't like one. I mean, that's, that's good. That, so that's a, yes, I, I'll take that percentage any day. <laughs> Jen, what'd you think? Um, I also saw a lot of the movie in in the comic um you know this is from an era that is not to my liking mm. you know this is not the I, i'm not as into this type of comic book um but it was uh, you know it wasn't as difficult to read as some of the things that we've had to read for this show <laughs> we were um, we were just talking with rex I, I recommended that he go back and listen to our dark phoenix episode oh my god um <laughs> I, I recommend come on you don't like cheesy thought bubbles come on yeah right oh, no what was the one it wasn't that was not even the worst what was the one where it was like was it infinity where it was like there were a thousand and one characters that we had no idea who oh, they were. Oh, no, all that was, jammed in. That was the uh, Cancerverse. That was yes. the party of the yeah, galaxy. Oh, galaxy my God. No. This was, I still didn't think that was as bad as Dark Phoenix. Um, this was uh, interesting and, you know, gave me 
Like I made a lot of comparisons to the movie Mm -hmm. as I was reading. I was like, "Hmm, that's an interesting choice. That's an interesting choice. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was a really good template for the movie. Fair. I loved this. I really hadn't read the closest I get to reading anything even remotely related to strange was a couple of times we came across him when we were doing Alan Moore stuff. Yeah. Like during swamp thing and, Miscellaneous no. odds and ends. He wouldn't have been in Swamp Thing. Was that Swamp Thing? What was he in? There was something. Wasn't an Alan Moore thing? Maybe it wasn't. I don't know that we did anything Alan Moore. I can't with Marvel. think yeah. of anything that he would have done with Alan Moore. I can't remember. I, I know we ran into him sideways in a couple of other episodes. I can't remember. We ran into him in Blade. <laughs> That's okay. That's one of the things. But we also ran into, you know, Doom in Blade. So. It's true. Yeah. Um, but I I really enjoyed the story. I don't know how you couldn't from the same guy that did Runaways and Why the Last Why Man. Why the Last Man. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. we did read his run on Runaways as well. Yeah. Um, well, and we did, we were guests on the other graphically novels, Why the Last Man episode. Right, it's true. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, they you know, they brought out some characters they're not super familiar with. We had a nice little, like, super villain team up. Yeah. Going on in there, like... It was a fun time. I really enjoyed reading it. Uh, same. Uh, hadn't read it before. Um, this is the, if I'm going to do like space and mystic Marvel are the two areas that I kind of steer clear of. I just don't tend to enjoy them as much uh, for the reason that they can get kind of convoluted. Like Marvel has a, has a reputation for trying to explain the unexplainable. Like, it's kind of like, you know, and their stuff in Space Marvel is kind of like Star Trek does, you know, run it through the deflector dish. So it's it's two panels. <laughs> the deflector dish can do anything. Right. It's two panels worth of them trying desperately to explain something that they're making up anyway. So it could have just been a sentence. Um, magic tends to work in the same way. Um Except in this book. I like that in this book, they go out of their way to say magic cannot do what science does and science cannot do what magic does in, in very, you know, in, yeah. in, in it kind of... Anything puts, that science can already do, magic can't do. Right, right. Um, which isn't really true, but it is for this story, you know, because like we have whips, so you can't have a magic whip because science, uh, you know, it's physics right uh anyway uh but reading the story i did really enjoy it uh there were some hokey bits uh this is definitely also a brian k vaughn jam because he takes his time to kind of poke fun at some certain things uh uh, on my facebook i had to put up the uh the panel of dr strange telling night nurse that she can go with him uh but uh he's not gonna call her night nurse because that sounds like an adult movie uh, <laughs> um but yeah anything like again this comic has night nurse in it which is not a character that gets the love that she should uh first of all because she is like literally the person that patches up superheroes uh and actually a lot of character development for her too a lot of things happen to further her story outside of a defenders comic is that who you thought claire was going to be and in- that is well i mean Without them calling her that, that is who Claire okay. is in okay. all of the Defender stuff. Okay. Rosario Dawson's yeah. character in, yeah. in Daredevil and uh, Iron Fist and, and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. And she's the kind of the tie. Same kind of thing. Okay. But she 
she does but everybody. is that do you think that that's the character that they yes. were okay yeah and i'm so glad that you didn't say oh look it's night nurse and i would have been like okay yeah <laughs> i think at one point i made the comment of oh okay that's night nurse and, the, and you were like okay whatever like because you're like i'm enjoying her don't <laughs> go away don't call her night nurse. um but yeah, yeah I, I i will echo the thoughts about night nurse particularly being claire I mean, Night Nurse has a very interesting history. You've actually got three different characters that make up the Night Nurse, of which Claire, for the films, is kind of an amalgam. Yes. Um, and I like that, as far as I can tell, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, they never actually name this Night Nurse. Uh, so you're no. not sure. You, obviously, she's not Georgina Jenkins. Um, but you're not exactly sure which one they're they're pulling from. Right. They make her a surgeon. You know, once again, mm -hmm. that really ties into the film very well. Right. Uh, so it's just kind of cool that that again, the film pulled a lot from this series, it feels like. It sure did. Uh and uh the well, and and um at one point, Strange asks her what her real name is and she says you're the detective like uh, yeah like and that yeah and that's really what starts their whole sherlock watson thing which is retroactively funny mm -hmm. but yes in, in a way that sherlock would come out for another three years benedict right. cumberbatch wouldn't be dr strange right. for <laughs> six years after that right but still funny yes <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, circumstantially yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only other date that I have on here that that we're not going to get too far into because it is a spoiler for the comic, but it's uh, I got really big uh, Martin Shkreli vibes off of oh, yes. oh. <laughs> but that didn't happen until 2015. Right. So yeah. again, uh, this comic will will you will read life, this comic and go life wait a minute what. Yeah, life, life imitates art. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said, the main villain is capitalism, which I loved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, going back to the movie, um, I know we rewatched it. Bear, yeah. did you rewatch for this? Uh, you know, I did not, but I've actually rewatched uh, um, Avengers recently, which kind of <laughs> gave me enough backstory, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, it had been years since I watched the movie. Um, Rex, have you watched the, the Doctor Strange movie anytime recently? I, I have. And, you know, every time I watch it, it's my, my love for, for Tilda Swinton just uh -huh. hours exactly. every day. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and Mads Mikkelsen, uh, you yeah. know, yeah. But I'm just like, you know, who's playing the protagonist again? Oh, he's yes. a good looking English guy, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah. And also it's our introduction to Wong, which which because I uh, do not love Wong. He, well, and they've done such a great job with Shang-Chi and moving forward that they have given Wong a lot more to do. Um, well, and a lot. I mean, comparatively uh marvel cinematic universe wong and comic book wong there is a world of difference yeah, yes different characters. there is a world of difference and for the better for yes. the much better Absolutely. you know i mean i've been reading marvel comics for a long time and quite honestly i think this is the oath is probably one of the few comics that does wong 
any justice. Right. Uh, establishes him as a little bit outside of, you know, just being an appendage uh, to right. Dr. Strange. Right. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got big green hornet vibes. Yes. Oh, oh very much. Yeah. And, yeah. Very much so. I didn't yeah. even think of that. That's a really good observation. But the thing that I, that struck me is why, like what, okay, let me try and form this as a sentence that makes sense. In what like mindset do you think the Sorcerer Supreme needs a body man, like a valet? Why? Well, and I think the movies and the the this comic both explain that pretty well. The movie better because yeah. the people who serve in that capacity are apprentices. Mm-hmm. They are learning to be. In the comic, Wong was a servant who yeah. had ability. So that opens the door. Uh, and Rex, you, you know way more about the history of Doctor Strange than I do, but we've we've discussed it a little bit when we discuss another Doctor Strange villain occasionally, but mostly a, a, a Iron Man villain, the Mandarin. Uh, there are some problematic things. Absolutely. And that's why I ended up, like, there were a lot of people that were super pissed uh, in, uh, in, Iron, in the Iron Man movies yeah. when... They introduced Trevor and the whole the whole Mandarin thing. Yeah. But originally, when you saw it, you're like, "It's a white dude playing the Mandarin," and I'm like, "Yes, that's actually one of those things that's better." I mean, it is whitewashing, but it's whitewashing a villain that was a horrible Fu Manchu stereotype. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna give that one a pass. Well, that was a better <laughs> explanation. Yes, and or, then yeah. to to come full circle and and. Uh, for those who have not watched Shang-Chi, that is where that explanation is awesome and makes sense and is is Oh, and you gotta just... watch the on Disney Plus, you gotta watch the little, what is it like? Oh, the half hour, 15 minute or half hour vignette in there with the where they nab him out of prison. That yeah, that was a that was an addition on okay, so it was Iron Man 3 that that was the Mandarin. That was a, a like a they did a whole series of those. Um and I can't remember what they were called, but Marvel put out like little 15 minute things on DVDs and Blu-rays oh, that really? were like little, yeah, 15 minute Like vignettes. additional. Yes. Yeah. It's oh, actually. Okay. Um, feature it. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're looking at What If, the, the, mm-hmm. the first episode of What If, and you're like, oh, Bradley Whitford is in this for some reason. It's because yeah. he, his character was in this little vignette that was on Right. The Captain America First Avenger DVD, and they brought that character back. Right. So all of that is on Disney Plus right. now. High recommend to go and find it because it adds just really fun. You know, I would really love to see their giant board with yarn right. for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> You I, I, I'm fairly certain some 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 poor production assistant is like right. trapped right. in there. Right. Yeah. Well, and the yarn work. goes. It's not just on the board. It's like all around the room, and they're like kind of hanging from the red yarn. There's different different color <laughs> yarn. Well, TV shows, right, right, right. TV shows, shared universes, all these things have have production manuals that are called Bibles. Yeah. That they have all the rules and everything. So yeah. that thing's got to be. Fucking enormous, it's thick with three C's, <laughs> darling. That so is so thick that bear would date it. <laughs> that is that is that Bible is on a tablet mm-hmm. because we live in the it's 21st true. century. It's true. 
Well, I guess they had to upgrade the memory in that tablet two or three times. (laughs) (laughs) I guess my question then, kind of taking the characterization of Juan, if we're talking about the movie, what did you all think about the casting of Tilda Swinton as the ancient one? I mean, yeah, because I, I, preparing for this podcast, that was on my mind Mm -hmm. a lot, and I I I loved it. I loved it because. Even though they referred to her as a her, she, whatever, I feel like Tilda Swinton, see her filmography, has played many characters that have zero gender. Yeah, she's done androgyny. She is the actor. Take a look at Constantine. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, Orlando. Um, You just, she is perfect for those kinds of roles where you need that gravitas that is not, that doesn't have a feminine energy or masculine energy. It is a, you know, completely, you know, an energy within it. magical energy. Well, but it's just, it's just an energy that is genderless basically. Right. Well, and, and, uh, and spoiler for an episode we, we will do in the future and probably have Rex on for uh, Sandman. Yes, I mean, of course we will. Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, we live in a world now where they can actually cast a non-binary person to play Desire, which they have, which is awesome. Yes. It's great. Yeah. Had that not been the case, Tilda Swift. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Not because she in herself is non-binary, at least not as far as I know. Right. Not that she is announced. Right. Um, but that that is just such something that she portrays well yes and something that she exudes very well right. um that yes would i have appreciated um an actual tibetan actor in that role yes but the point was like and they yes. made that point she wasn't tibetan she right. was celtic right you know and i i liked that in the movie where it was like yes this is where the seat of this power is but it is ancient and people from all over the world have been attracted and trained and served, even though it is in this, right. in, in Tibet, it's all peoples. Yes. I also um, like to point out just for the record, because I looked her up, uh, Tilda Swinton's 61 friggin' years old. Right. Mm-hmm. Like barely looks a day over 30. Right. right. Well, the other thing I think that is genius about casting Tilda Swinton is she looks just in in timeless. and of herself, timeless, but also otherworldly. Mm-hmm. She is a unique individual. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, you know, really serves that character very well. And in listening to you, Jen, I think you're helping me clarify an idea. Tilda Swinton in that role kind of transcends all of the ephemerals. Yes. Gender, nationality, um, and and. I quite honestly, I cannot think of an actor, even if it was cast uh, as with an Asian actor for whom it wouldn't have been stereotypical. But Tilda gives us a a performance that, as what I'm hearing again from you, is kind of transcendent of that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I agree with you completely. I can't think of another actor that could do that as well as she does. Yeah. I, I, it's definitely a thing that in this period of Marvel was a concern. Um, you know, 
obviously Scarlett Johansson was already playing Black Widow, so she couldn't play any Asian actor. Um, but <laughs> but stop, the white stop hating on Scarlett. I'm not Argo. hating on her. She's just the example that people Fine, use. She did a good job in her. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, that was a pretty transcendent role. And she wasn't even really an AI. Yeah, I, I mean, I still think, and I, I think you nailed it. it. It's an actress who has gravitas, and that is what you know drives that role. Yes, you need you need to believe her when she speaks, uh, and not just go, "Oh, that's some hand wavium." You know, that's going Ooh. on in the background. You can kind of go, okay, I'd worship at Tilda's feet. I mean, I'd worship at Tilda's feet anyway. Right. Exactly. Well, and you can you can very easily cross into monologuing about magic, like I said, in a in a Star Trekky way. And the script does this excellently, but also her performance. You are paying attention to what she's saying and she never loses. My biggest example, uh is in the second Matrix movie where the the he meets the um the elderly lady the Oracle. the Oracle at the like basketball court and she's explaining kind of the plot that he needs to go forward and it's a 15 minute scene and I understood what she was saying in the first two minutes but then she kept talking for another 13 minutes and by the end I'm like what the hell are you talking about and, you know very easily you could have run into that with the ancient one explaining magic to a surgeon mm-hmm. or, or in the way, but she did it in a way that it was succinct. It was to the point and it was in a scientific way. Cause she's explaining it to us, the audience who are science-based because, you know, we live in the world mm-hmm. um, in a way that the same way that she's explaining it to the character of Steven. Right. And it's awesome. And I loved it. And I, I again, I've seen so, so many examples of we need to pound this home. You know, you don't, you know, we'll go along with you. Give us enough to follow you. And that's all we need, you know, and, and perfect. Because again, magic stuff in general, I, I can easily get lost in it. The magicians did it to me too. Yeah. Um, you know, we need to explain the science of magic. No, no, you don't. <laughs> well, and it, it, it's, it's entertaining and ironic. So in, in Origins of Marvel Comics, where Stan Lee is going through what went into the creation of Doctor Strange, you know, he's like, I can't just have this, this mystic character go, and I quote, okay, hocus pocus, go to another dimension. Right. You know, so he invents these words that sound good together you know the the demons of darkness the name the the name of santish the flames of faltine the eye of agamotto exactly all of this is generated from him just oh well this is a better way of talking i'm gonna make all this up and even in this origin story he's got college kids writing back to him saying wow where did you get that deep knowledge of druidic literature you know (laughs) so so Josh, your your you know your thoughts about magic are 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 you don't you're not alone in having them. Uh, and he's like, okay, no, I was really making it up, but I've got to, you know, what do I tell these kids? And he says, oh, I just read a lot. <laughs> you get a no prize. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to make sure to take 
just uh, a, a second because we talked about a lot of other characters um, and I'm never, ever going to be able to pronounce it incorrectly. Uh, Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor, um, he played Mordo. Um, also, he was the uh, operative in Serenity. Oh. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, Rex saw me, like, yeah. shaking my fist. Yeah. Um, All right, lawful evil or neutral? Yeah. Let's, let's oh. that might be another podcast. Yeah. But as we, talk, as we talk about actors and, and things that they do well, I saw elements of the operative in Mordo. Mm. And I love that because mm. no one hits that point of the world is the world, you know, but I can change the world for the better. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be a part of my better world, um, which is a point that the operative makes. Yeah. But it's a point that Mordo also makes when he says there are too many sorcerers. He doesn't necessarily mean he's one of the ones that gets to survive. Right. You know, and we have yet to see because he'll be coming back uh, in this. Uh, right. By the time this airs, by the way, we'll be a month away from Doctor Strange. Uh, oh, the second the, the hey, Madness of the Multiverse. You said that out loud. They're, they're not going to delay it again after you said that? Oh, Man, yeah. Uh, who knows? I know. Uh, somewhere Leia's is like, don't, don't, don't talk do about, it. don't talk about Black Widow because they'll retroactively just pull it from everything and release it. I was it. going to say we're not talking about Black Widow, yeah. so uh, we don't have to worry. <laughs> but anyway, again, that that idea, and I've seen him in. In, in if you want to see him completely break with character, Kinky Boots is oh yeah one of yeah. my favorite roles of his but i mean he does a lot of different things he's a very brilliant actor that that has an awesome range but i actually i would say 12 years a slave if you want to say oh, that amazing yeah. movie. Yes. but again there are things that he does well tilda swinton does androgynous otherworldly well because she is you know um uh Chiwetel does an agent for a better world well. Well, but also, I mean, it's interesting that you brought up the agent and compared it to Mordo because in, in the movie, the ancient one says to Dr. Strange, you have the ability to be flexible. Yes. Mordo has a path. Yes. And cannot be flexible like you can. Right. He cannot change. He takes in information, but his viewpoint doesn't change. Right. And, and that was the same as the agent. Like he got information, but he still had to follow the it, regiment. It, right, it took massive amounts of information. It took, to it took go. breaking him yeah. is yeah. what it took. Yeah. Um, it took breaking him and saying that the, the world that you will create is not the world you've been trying to. Right. You know, in order. <laughs> Spoilers for Serenity, by the way. Uh, hello. There cannot be exactly. Now. Yeah. If, also, if fuck you. You, you killed Wash. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if you're here and you've made it this far through our podcast, if you haven't seen Serenity yet, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, it's. I, sorry, I just wanted to throw in there. I got to say, um, like, there's a lot of characterizations in the MCU that I don't care for. I, I I don't know if I'm going to step on everybody's toes, but I don't like Scarlet Witch in the M. I'm sorry, not Scarlet Witch, uh, Black Widow yeah. in the MCU. Her characterization when she was introduced was terrible. Oh, yeah, yes. no, I've, I've recently gone back. Time. Yeah. But I got to tell you, Baron Mordo, Baron Mordo, you know, in the comic book, he is 
paper thin, two dimensional. And as far as I know, he never gets any depth. Yeah. But right out of the gate, the MCU provides depth to that character and casts an actor who can deliver. Right. Well, and 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 you know, makes him somewhat sympathetic, even though you know things turn a different way. There is still something that you can identify with in that character, you know, rather than in, in the comic where it was just like he's this dude. Absolutely. No, he is he is he is the person that um and actually it's it's okay to put my thoughts in order <laughs> the ancient one talks to uh strange and says you are flexible um but i think it's not just his flexibility i think it's his ability to take that flexibility and affect people around him and the two examples i have are mordo and wong yeah so when faced with yes i get it you know these are the laws, the laws, capital T, capital L, the laws. You cannot violate these things. And then he has to, mm -hmm. because otherwise it's game over. Right. So in front of both of them, Strange violates the laws. Wong basically is like, well, if you're going to do it, you need to go on and do it yeah. because <laughs> it's time, yeah. you know, one way or another. Um, Mordo goes along with it, allows it to happen but it drives him to villainy because he's like, well, if the laws don't matter, nothing matters. You know, if there I are disagree. people out there that can break the laws, I need to stop those people. There's too right. many people that can break the laws. Right. So I, I think that the way that you put it doesn't drive him to villainy. In his is, mind, is that, but, he's saving the world. But also, yeah. if, you, if you believe the law is the law, then he's not a villain. Sure. But I but I also think that is not the only uh, pillar of Mordo's character. The MC. Yeah. he is also betrayed. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know, and that you know between those two things really forces again, much like the operative, a reexamination. And I'm I'm really excited to see Mordo developed. But I boy, I really would have liked to see the operative develop a little <laughs> bit more too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. But it's. I don't know that I'd say he believes I 100% I yeah, yeah. believe he believes he was betrayed because the law says you don't use energy from the dark dimension and his mentor who taught him the laws was breaking the laws the entire time. And, and again, brilliance, layers, you know, motivations for a character that, you know, you can look at Mordo and be like, you know, he's not wrong right? in, in what he's doing. And you have the, the, uh, end credit scene where he basically shows up to the dude that's just using magic to walk and he's like no. no nature has an order there are the laws right and according to the laws you should not walk and i'm, I'm sorry that sucks for you but you you are just another thing that's messing up the world and i'm really really looking forward to his reaction to the aftermath of spider-man no way home in this new Doctor Strange yeah. movie. Well, it, yeah, and another thing, I agree completely with you, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing Mordo in in the next movie. Um, but it kind of further strengthens the whole idea that the Ancient Ones saw that Doctor Strange had the ability. Not only did he have like this natural affinity for magic, but that he had the ability to kind of see what's there and how to use what he has to make the best outcome. Yeah. 
and that she didn't trust that Mordo had it because she didn't share anything with him at right. all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, even, mean, I think that's very, I think that nails it. Yeah, well, and even going to, to I mean, uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character, Casillas? Uh, uh, Casillas. Casillas, thank you. Casillas. Um, I'm going to let you all pronounce those words before I do. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one that's like, well, if the, if the laws don't matter, then there are no laws, right? you know? And the only thing that will kill us is time. So let's get rid of time. Like that was a little wacky. Like I was not following that. Right. But I think that he's there as an anchor point to be like, okay, this is too far. So that Mordo even looks more reasonable. Right. In his decisions. Right. Um, and yeah, and so I, he, I think that they do that a lot. Casillas looks very fanatical. But yeah, and I felt like that. Well, that, Mads Mikkelsen looks very fanatical. <laughs> no, the character yeah. looks fanatical because I, I felt like even though he was very powerful and he had acolytes and whatever, it was kind of silly. Yeah. It was not a, it was I think not it was a, kind of like, let's make a mage analogy. It's like you had a movie where you've got, you've got some order mages and right. then you've got, uh you've Heretic. got a marauder you got a marauder running around and you've got uh a couple of hollow ones uh no i'm saying well the marauder would be casillas and oh. then you've got mordo who would be order of hermes well no i'm just saying like you know one of the other or technocracy yeah <laughs> well everyone if you don't know what we're talking about that's okay <laughs> sometimes we talk about vampire of the show and that you was, know what enough people understand vampire of the masquerade we just went into mage the ascension and a, uh next stop will be race and no one will understand <laughs> was, excuse me no, 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 that would be geist that yes would, that would be yeah. geist. thank you geist yeah <laughs> geist. i i could explain geist to y'all but I, I need like i need like an hour and an easel and a lot of markers <laughs> Like, nah, just have and I, and I need ever and I need to serve everyone drinks. That's during that whole conversation. Drinks are very important. Yeah, that's it's, it's like a three drink minimum. I'm sorry, Rex. <laughs> what conversation would we have where we wouldn't be serving drinks? That's true. That's true. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, <laughs> that is very true. But boy, that was a nice. That was a fun geek di- uh, deep dive there. That was well. Yeah, yeah was good times. We do that occasionally. Occasionally, yes. Um, I have a moment every now and then. <laughs> So other thoughts about uh, about Doctor Strange. Jen, you know, going back and watching it, did you pull anything new when we, we just watched it two nights ago? Right. So still kind of fresh. Um, I think that what I pulled was that the, um, the cinematic universe, Doctor Strange, even though he is actually a lot more arrogant and kind of more to deal with, I liked him more. <laughs> You know, uh, and again, I think it's just my the the way that I interpret comics and that and, you know, Marvel and DC comics are just too comic-y for Cookie me. Cookie cutter. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we've got to make sure that we've got enough strong personalities and big arrogant personalities to decide to shoot the Hulk into space. It's uh, true. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, this this is n- not necessarily new and insightful, but I I really love the cinematography of the mirror universe being oh, yes. kaleidoscopic. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's straight and, out of Inception. And one of my beautiful. And I'm not gonna I, at this point that we're recording. It's still new enough. By the time we drop it, it will probably be out of spoiler range. But I will say one of my favorite 
really under like appreciated parts of Spider-Man No Way Home as to the mirror dimension. Yeah. And it has to do with Peter's view of it versus Strange's view of it. And I fucking love yes, it. Also, that was awesome. Also, science and magic. Yes. And it is. Because Stephen, as he goes further into magic, starts to forget that he was a surgeon first. First, his first love was science, was medicine. Right. And we're watching that journey. Yeah. Uh, which is super interesting to me. I really like that. And I have not seen that in the comics. Even this, which was a fantastic Doctor Strange story, he does some scientific stuff. And I, and I appreciate that. But Night Nurse is there to be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Uh, and also, you stick to your magic shit. Uh, and I, I will do the medicine shit or yeah. the science shit right. because you're rusty. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's, it's interesting, though, kind of pulling from the Marvel Cinematic U- Universe and what we heard Jen say earlier about uh, Strange's flexibility. I think that that really comes out, believe it or not, in the What If episode. Oh, God, yes. introduces, you know, the dark Doctor Strange. Yes. Where, you know, that flexibility is is a, a talent and an, um, an advantage but also you bend too much and mm-hmm. you've got somebody worse than Mordo who can't break out of his way of thinking. If you push that too much, you'll break the way of thinking altogether. Right. Um, and that was a very, I really liked seeing that heading into No Way Home because it really kind of highlights some of the dangers that he's trying to convey in that film. So going with just the trailers that were for No Way Home, um, we were going into it being like, okay, what's going on with Strange? Well, especially after What If. Right, especially after What If. Well, Jen's theory was that the Dark Doctor... That it was actually the Dark Doctor (laughs) that Spider-Man was talking to. And then they kind of explained it, and those trailers were deceiving. They they cut things in a way that Mm -hmm. made Strange look... Of course worse. they did. Yeah. yeah. Of course they did. Um, but now they that the fashion sense. They got they gotta terrible. make you go watch their other products. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, but now that the the uh end credit scene for uh the new Doctor Strange movie has been released as the new trailer mm-hmm. for the uh, Doctor Strange 2, um, I'm more excited because you look at that what if storyline and you look at some of the things that were dropped in that trailer, and you're like, uh, is that is that the same strange from the what if? Are we going to get that, you know? And and then that opens up a possibility that I hadn't even thought of because yes, Hawkeye, Loki, all of these things are contributing. What if seemed to me like a, oh, this would be, this would be cute. No, no, if they're going to start pulling stuff from that, then we could get, you know, Captain Carter. Yeah, I mean. It's me that way. Yes, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, yes, I feel like they are going that direction because of the Eternals. Because yeah. of, I mean, they are they are slowly bringing in things that deal with the multiverse. Yeah. Um, you know, Gal- Garden want- Guardians of the Galaxy touched on it. I right. just want Iron Fist back. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. No, you no. don't. <laughs> no, yes, you don't. he liked Iron Fist. No, you don't. Yeah, no, you don't. No, you don't. don't. (laughs) We have a perfectly good Shang Chi. (laughs) Iron Fist is the Shang Chi that we have at home. (laughs) 
I, there's just nothing I can say to any of that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, any other thoughts on, on Dr. Strange as a whole? You know, it, it's this is a little historical and definitely a, 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 a branch away from the discussion, but I think it needs to be mentioned that this is one of the places where Marvel did, uh, Steve did go wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, by the, it, you know, using the Marvel method of writing comics, it became pretty clear that by the end of Ditko's run on Doctor Strange that he was doing all of the heavy lifting. Uh, and apparently towards the very end, like he and Stanley weren't even talking to each other. Um, so I, I really do think that we have to take a moment to acknowledge, hey, we got that kaleidoscope universe in the Doctor Strange movie because of the creative mind of Steve Ditko. Um, and I, I think it needs to be called out. Uh, he's he was an, a, tal a very talented creative force uh, that, you know, passed away alone in his New York apartment. Uh, and, and he needs, he, we need to acknowledge him and his contributions better. 1000%. And you, you said it better than I could. You, again, I started comics in the, the early nineties, you know, my, one of my, one of my first collected comics was I went and found all of Maximum Carnage. Uh, to give you an idea of like, oh, yeah, you yeah. say that out loud. Yeah, I did. <laughs> on, Listen, on tape, and I like... still enjoy Maximum Carnage. That's a fun storyline. It's dumb, but it's a fun storyline. And It'd actually, be I need to I need to watch the second Venom movie because I heard there's a bunch of Maximum Carnage esque. I still haven't seen that, that yet. Um, it would be worse. You could be trying to tell me that Infinity Gauntlet was a good comic story. Oh, well, no, it's not. <laughs> All right, I'll make you a deal. You go see the French Dispatch with me, or we rent it because it's now not available in theaters. You watch that movie with me. You watch my Wes Anderson. I'll watch your Venom. Okay. <laughs> oh, come on. You haven't seen Isles of Dog? I no, 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 I've seen a bunch of oh, Wes Anderson. Okay, okay. I just make fun of her because there's there's an SNL sketch where they do the, the new Wes Anderson movie, and it's all... <laughs> Oh God, it's so funny because it's so accurate. And I enjoy Wes Anderson, but Wes Anderson, when you go and watch it, you're going to watch the same fucking thing that you watched. The oh, last absolutely. Time. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to love it. And that's yes, exactly. That's yeah. I, I mean, that's why the, the great directors are the great directors. Vem yeah. Vendors, Wes Anderson, the Coen brothers. Come yeah. on. Yes, it's formulaic. Coen you know what you're brothers, getting. And I would say have a lot more variety. Listen. You order pepperoni pizza again because you liked it the last time. Right. I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. Well, says the guy who at the beginning of his Dune thing was like, fuck another Marvel movie coming out. <laughs> I, meant, I, meant, I meant Eternal specifically. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, I well, do think that, you know, we were, uh, Josh, we were hearing you joke early on about how, you know, the oath is this, you know, uh, oh, um, anti-capitalist screed and of course it is it's so good though because at the same time um azaleo is writing why the why the last man at exactly mm -hmm. the same time and exploring a lot of the same issues but i mean even this oath storyline you know we got to go back to david mamet and the water engine which i think bear alluded to earlier where it's just like if you 
if it can't be monetized, it can't be valued, right. you know, that, that central tenet of capitalism, you know, so as we pay homage to the earlier artists, we got to pay homage to the water image engine as well, because this is a very much the yeah. same story. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and it's in comics is the same as in other forms of media. Um, the more things that come out and the more, um, the more we progress as a technological society, the more ways we can find out to monetize the things that were worthless before. You know, the, the, the invention of streaming, YouTube, all of these things means that if you had a creative idea but couldn't sell it to anybody, now at least you could just do it yourself. You know, it may not have everything that it needs or could have, but you can get it. I get an email a week um, currently, and do not stop sending them, by the way, because I know that they actually listen from independent comic companies that are like, you have a comic book podcast. And I actually pass those on to Delabor now. Oh, good. Um, who does panels on pages. Um, right. We we have friends that do, do yes. shows about independent right. comics. Since, and, since and the new year. don't stop. Yes. And this is the eighth of January since the new year started I've sent him two. Oh, good that people have reached out and said hey we've listened to graphically novel here's our independent comic and my my response is we do things that have media components or we explain like mm-hmm. storylines in in larger things but here's Dalibor he does you know this other podcast that specifically targets suited for you know your and comic. I might guess you know appear you know we we may do episodes of that but um I did not know the, you know, the idea of a small run it from your computer publishing company. You can do it now with the internet, with everything else, because everything's digital. People have been doing it for a very long time. Well, yes, I They've, understand. Yes. Scenes and, and, <laughs> well, no, and, I mean, yeah. self-published comics right. and local comic stores have been a thing. It's just right. now we you don't the, even need the paper. Right. Uh, also with the internet. Sign you can, and happiness. I mean, yeah, you like, can you can get far much farther distribution than you could right well and that's not to say that people aren't still pursuing um you know the paper books i mean quimbley bookstore in chicago is a great example of that they still have a huge section of small signs and all sorts of things and then also um like even chicago comics they still have a nice section of these are the things that you can see people have cranked out on their copiers yeah you know, and and hand delivered them to each local comic shop. See, for me, that wasn't even local comic shops. That was the Hall Mall in Iowa City. Sure. Had like an incense. It was a head shop. It was it was absolutely <laughs> a head shop, but it had a back room that was all zines and self published comics and all these other things. And that's just they didn't sell mainstream comics. That's just right. all they sold. And that's where you went if you wanted that. But it, again, it's it's does it have value if it can't be monetized? I would argue yes. A lot of people would argue yes, but our society says no. Yeah. Why would you put? I've never, none of us have ever made a penny off of this. And between two podcasts, I'm about to hit a hundred episodes. You know, I put in way more money than I've made out of this, but mm-hmm. I enjoy it. The you know, two dozen friends of ours that <laughs> listen, listen, they enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, some things are just. 
you know, projects. being the voice of being the voice of capitalism. So you're just not trying hard enough. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. no, it's that. Where I are your a... bootstraps? Yes. And grab them and you pull yourself up. You I know. I know exactly how to get there. I just yeah, don't have the ten thousand dollars to invest in right. the marketing campaign. What, what do you mean? Your parents can't loan you a quarter million dollars to start up <laughs> the, the next Amazon? Million dollar loan. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say the embodiment of capitalism in the oath. I know that this is a one-off villain. Doctor West is just perfect. Yeah, he was so good. He's so <laughs> you good. Know, it's just a we're I just going to use him. We're going to once we're going to throw him away. Uh, and it, it, uh, talking about <laughs> and talking about how Mordo gets to where he gets, and right. you know how a lot of Marvel villains get to where they get. Boy, uh, Azello really condenses Vaughn 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 sorry Vaughn uh condenses a lot of history in a sh few short panels right understand exactly where this guy is coming from so many years before Skrelly mm. and everyone knew like that story because it's on every news and everything else hashtag we... pharmacy bro yeah the, <laughs> the farm bro um so uh Rex um I am going to change our last question. I'm still going to give it to my co-host, but I'm going to change my last question a little bit because you have read Doctor Strange, so a lot of Doctor Strange. So I'm going to ask you, you hadn't read The Oath before. Are you more interested in looking post-2007 for more of these kind of nuggets uh, for Doctor Strange? You know what? It's interesting because I went back and as i was getting ready uh for this i i did take a look at you know origins of marvel comics mm -hmm. uh which i still have from when i was 12 years old and i want to go back you know i i'm not saying i'm not sure that i want to see what's going on right now uh but there is some beautifully done work uh from the later 60s once ditko left that has a great kind of golden age, almost pulp feel uh, that I would like to go back and see. Now, the other thing, on the other end of that, there is the death of Doctor Strange storyline going on in Marvel Comics right now. Right now, which and is actually of, affecting a lot of other things, including Spider-Man. Right. Uh, most, most, because it has to do with Mephisto. And, yeah. And spoilers, apparently Clea is going to become the new Sorcerer Supreme. And Clea is one of the characters, again, that I've always felt has never been developed fully, has, you know, literally is introduced as woman in danger yep. in her first appearance. Uh, and I would really like to see what Marvel's going to do with that from a comic perspective. All right. Um, awesome. Jen, are you interested in reading more Doctor Strange? Not particularly. I mean, it's like I said, it's I, I enjoyed the story. Um, this is not the type of comic that I liked. Um, to go back to Rex's. Oh, actually, I'll wait. I'll, I'll save that. Okay. Fine. Bear, are you interested in reading more Dr. Strange? I would. I think I would probably pick and choose which authors I've got having, you know, heard from the rest of the peanut gallery here. Um, I think I would probably. I like how them. you're the star and we're all the right? peanut gallery. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, have, you know, you. like having heard you know everybody else's input on, it, I think it would probably go back through and pick and choose and go with you know authors that I've recognized that have done other things that I enjoy. Um, but I really, I really do enjoy the character of Doctor Strange. Um, 
I, I definitely think that I would find more of this. Yeah, I, I personally really, really enjoyed this and I probably would, but as Rex was talking, I remember, and it is actually even mentioned in the oath that Dr. Strange did a lot of stuff with Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, oh. Night Nurse. It did a lot of stuff with the Defenders mm. uh, in their heyday in the 70s, just post-Ditko. Uh, I actually might want to look that up, um, get a little more history because I've always wanted to read a lot more of the Defender stuff. Daredevil also, obviously, in there. Um, but the the Defenders slash Heroes for Hire, all of that kind of thing. And, you know, we have yet to do a Luke Cage episode because we would not do it justice without a, a person of color uh, being on that show. Um, but eventually we will. And, and I'm, I'm interested in looking at, like, I know how Luke Cage and Iron Fist, for example, like their dynamic. And I have seen Iron Fist in, in Doctor Strange, but somebody that's like so ground in the street level uh, crime fighting like Luke Cage and Doctor Strange, like that's an interesting back and forth to me. Yeah, I, as you were saying that, I was like, I like knowing what I know about the Defenders and granted, I haven't done a lot of the reading of the comics right. only for what we've examined. Watched. Yeah in the show right and what i've seen i can see like introducing dr strange into that world almost would feel wrong right and and that's that's why i want to read it yeah. you know i want to see how they deal with that because introducing magic to something that ostensibly the, the, the is all about folk. street level yeah <laughs> well to me i'm like the first thing that popped into my head is jessica jones is going to be like oh it's the new purple man maybe except you would have to go post 2001 for Jessica Jones because Jessica Jones wasn't in the original Defenders. She didn't exist until a uh, post 2000. Okay. So it's, yeah. <laughs> go, and, go and read the Alias books because they're really, yeah, really we good. Did. Oh, it was we our did. second episode. All right, I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we have I, covered Jessica Jones and I, I literally own almost everything in hard, hard like a hard copy of almost everything that Jessica Jones is in. Yeah. Uh, just because we are we are a very we have two Jessica Jones statues in Jen's case. Yeah. Uh, we are we are very Jessica Jones positive. Oh, also, other connection to Rex. Um, I have my Aoife statue. Oh yeah. Is in my case with her with her feather wings. <laughs> the um Aoife figurine that was my character in a game that Rex ran, that Rex made this figure for me. He made figures for all of the characters in his Chronicle, which, I mean, come on. <laughs> That's amazing. Why, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I, thank I you. would say if you're going to go back and look at some Doctor Strange, there are certain recommendations that I think need to be made. First of all, Strange had a number of talented writers and artists working um and you've got to hit them at the right time because there's a lot of fill uh there's a lot of kind of of weird garbage that's going on i really enjoyed uh the recent boy recent might be mid-aughts uh chris Bacalo take on Doctor Strange, where you've got Doctor Strange swinging a big old battle axe. You know, it was an interesting take. Can't say I stayed with it very long, but I enjoyed the art and really looked at it. Um, but if, if Barry, you're going back to look for stories, 
try to find the graphic novel Triumph and Torment. It's a Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom crossover. Oh, you got it. You got me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm looking for it. It's written by Roger Stern and illustrated by Mike Mignola. And oh, it Hellboy. is just a, yeah. of Hellboy. Yeah. Also, is, that's now you also have me. <laughs> it is just a great, great uh, take on the character. Also, Steve Englehart, who is known for some of the better Batman stories of the 70s. Uh, he was on Doctor Strange uh, in that run. It's Doctor Strange, uh, Master of the Mystic Arcs 1, 2, 4, and 5. They did a story called The Silver Dagger which is also really, really worth uh, going to look at, look through. And then going back all the way, Doctor Strange introduced the character of Eternity, and that's an entirely Steve Ditko creation that embodies everything. Um, And that comes and runs in the Eternity Saga, which is back in Strange Tales 130 to 146. That is... Steve Ditko, Stan Lee, and Denny O'Neill, who is also one of my favorites. Um, And this collaboration between Ditko and Denny O'Neill, I have to think, informed Denny O'Neill's future work on The Question, uh, which is another great series from the late 80s and early 90s. I'm just going to point out to our listeners, if you decide you want to go look up Triumph and Torment, um, it is expensive if you want it in hard copy. I, I looked up to buying the oak, the oath, in in it's like seventy five bucks because it's out oh, of print right now. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of things for this season, uh, we got digital because yeah, yeah they we were. should we should also make mental notes to tell our our listeners that because some yeah, some of the stuff we've come across is very expensive, yeah. costly. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to throw a quick th- shout out for Marvel Unlimited and and the DC Universe. Absolutely. They are great ways of getting in touch with some of these old comics, reading through entire runs. Yep. And if they don't have them, Comixology probably will. If they don't have them, drive through Comics might. Yep. Um, I I mean, Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe are both both subscription services that, that open everything. Comixology and drive through comics are both ones that you buy it and you buy the digital copy. Um, but yeah, I if you are starting to get into comics, there it's 10 bucks a month. I know for uh Marvel Unlimited, I'm not sure DC Universe anymore. Comparative, uh, I think yeah, it's $60 for the year if you buy it annually. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. Um, you know, a one time thing to put down and, and be like, okay, well. I know I'm going to get into comics and you at that price point, you know, at 10 bucks a month, if you're reading one uh, run through. So if you're reading one story arc, uh, you're ahead on graphic novels. <laughs> well, that and, you know, check out your library. Absolutely. Since so Absolutely. much of this is being digitized, yep. libraries are offering a lot more um, comics and graphic novels. Yeah, well, our friend our friend Rachel uh, Reed's girlfriend, um, when they were down and we did the Hot Ones uh, video, um, I, I showed her the first issue of Wicked in the Divine and said, you're going to love this. And she sent me a picture. She's like, went to my local library. They had all of them. Yep. You know, I, I picked up the first three. I'm th- this is what I'm going to read. Right. You know, this. And that's awesome. 
yeah. you know, again, well, libraries. actually, I didn't even think of that. But yes, a lot of libraries are picking up graphic novels, physical, absolutely uh, graphic yeah. novels, as well as digital. But but you know, I think, it, yeah, I think it's worth throwing out uh, the app Hoopla, uh, which works with local libraries to deliver digital content. They have an incredible library of graphic yep. novels. They Not do. only things like Wicked and the Divine, if you like that, you can go read Die, uh, you know, which is um, the current effort coming out of there. But you can also go back and find almost all of the Marvel masters, all of the good stuff. A new one. Uh, mm -hmm. I love Wicked and Divine. Um, and saga, Phonogram. And Phonogram and Saga. Um, obviously, Lock and Key. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I just keep waiting for my next issue of Saga real soon. Uh, it is real soon. Yeah, yeah. They have yeah. announced that they're, they're, they're restarting. Yep. I'm just looking so. at, I'm looking at my little bit of the, the bookcase here. What else? Well, they're in alphabetical order, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, you did. Alpha. Oh, where are my other it's, ones? It's funny, though. <laughs> I know we're getting really off topic. My daughter, Trinity, loved Phonograph. Yes. Like, I, I think on the introductory paragraph, it says something about rumors that Iggy Pop might be a vampire. And that just hooked her, like, yeah. right away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because we all know that he is. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, come on. Cuts himself on stage. Blood well, magic. Rex, we don't have to stop talking, but I am going to say thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for having me. I I certainly hope that you'll invite me back at some point. Oh, well, uh, like I said, Sandman is coming. Well, for sure, Netflix. for sure, Sandman, but definitely we'll keep you. And also, well, also it, check out uh, check out Rex Conversations. If you have a uh, a comic book storyline that you'd love us to explain that to you, you haven't read that you haven't read that you'd Which love us to explain rare. to you, <laughs> uh, we have a whole list, and uh, they're not always great, but they're fun. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll start. I, 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 I'm going to go back and see what you guys thought of Dark Phoenix right now. Actually, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I, yeah. Uh, Although so, I will say, in advance of Sandman, really, really need to listen to what Audible has put out. Oh, we absolutely. already did. No, we okay. already did. Okay. Yeah, we're on, okay. we're on I the, mean, it's, the second. It was yeah. beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, we're on the second now. We just haven't gotten in a car for a long period of time. I know. It's my, fishing, it's my fishing. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to make a Galena trip soon anyway. Yes. So. Um, anyway, uh, please everyone join us next time when we will have Jen's oldest child, Alex, with <laughs> us, and we will discuss Young Justice uh, as we come up almost on the end of the season. We have that episode, and then we have Luke, Bear's brother, joining us again for us to do Howard the Duck. Uh, don't we still have Allison with Mystery Men? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah you're right. That, yeah. You're right. We we do have Mystery Men. I did schedule it. Yeah. You have an invite. Wait. Oh, okay. Uh, but until then, take it away, Vandello. Oh.
Ever as it 